Cool. So see, we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. So this is Chrome Bills 173. We've got Nito Wave in the house. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Fresh, fresh off the release of I'll Explain Later, which dropped uh, Friday the 13th, November 13th, 2020. Yeah, on all streaming platforms. Uh, took the opportunity to dive through it a couple times in advance of this, and uh, really digging it, man. So thanks for jumping on here and being a part of this. I appreciate you guys listening and having me for sure. Yeah, yeah. we uh, Charles was able to hook it up. We've had uh, the pen pals on a couple times. We've had some pen pal takeovers uh, of the podcast. We yeah. had uh, Bobby Noble and Lars Viola on. Is actually I think the last interview. Uh, nice. that was 171 the, yeah yeah good time bobby's got the blues yeah uh, i saw lars did let's see what's uh, law, law of rhythm, rhythm. law of rhythm yeah which yeah. is which is real dope so mm-hmm. um yeah, i think we'll hang out today talk through some of the record play a couple joints uh but yeah man thanks it's and i, I love the the maryland connection i'm also montgomery county like steve is Great. i'm up in new york now too which i think from listening to the record it sounded like maybe you spent a little time up in New York as well. There's one line where you said, uh, "Unless was it was a, a unless it was, was a metaphor, in, I was broken than a bitch up in Manhattan." <laughs> yeah. No, I was really broken than a bitch up in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't lying. I um, I went to St. John's, so I, I did uh, I did about five years in in New York. And where were you living? Uh, I was living in Brooklyn, uh, primarily Best Eye, Bushwick. Um, but that line was like a reference. I, I used to work in in Manhattan. I used to intern for a studio uh, 40 hours a week with mm-hmm. no pay. So, um, yeah, I was I was brokered in a bitch up in Manhattan for, for a while. <laughs> wow. What were you yeah. doing at the studio? Uh, it started just like an internship. Uh, pretty much you were a runner. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a studio like where like a lot of pop in, like Atlantic artists came through. Like uh, at the time it was like PNB Rock, A Boogie. Uh, Young Dolph, Kodak Black, all these guys, they were coming through. And, like, pretty much my job was just to, like, get them food and get them backwards and wow. stuff like that. It, it was really, really humbling job, but wow. um, it was for a studio. I got free studio time whenever no one was in the studio. That's dope. Uh, so that's how I made my first project, Oh Soul. And that's how I actually met up with um, Zach, Pagliero, Zach Pagliero, a.k.a. Tom Chief, who produced Flowers. Okay. Um yeah, and I met him, and then it just led to me meeting Lush Work and Pen Pals and all those other guys. But, yeah. Nice. And how long have you been back in Maryland? I've been back in Maryland um, about a year now. A year or something now. And Charles sent me the uh, that there's ads up in the gallery place, yeah. Metro Station. I don't know if there's more than that one, but he sent me, I noticed the the backdrop and the sign and everything. So that's that's huge, man. Yeah, what station? Yeah, what like, station is that in? It's in Gallery, and then uh, I think we got four stations. So we got Gallery Place, um, and then after a week, it goes to Adams Morgan, then it goes to uh, Silver Spring, and one more. I can't mm. remember which one it is, but I remember. I remember off the top. That's Someone, dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, as a former Wizards season ticket holder, which not a lot of people even volunteer that type of information. Uh, I, I know that station well. Oh yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. One of my um, friends' mom used to work concessions at MCI Center, so we used to get the nosebleeds. <laughs> and what era of the team is that? Is that pre John Wall or? That was pre John Wall. That was like Gilbert Arenas era. The end of the mm-hmm. Arenas Butler Jameson yep. era. Yes, yep, exactly. Yeah. It's a good era, you know. It was pretty good. Yeah, our team was exciting before the guns in the locker room 
Insane. Gilbert has so much potential, man. He's such a great just guard, period. Mm-hmm. Um, scorer, defender. He was up there. He just was, was kind of a lunatic <laughs> at times. And there was something about the vibe, too. Like, I remember when they were going to the playoffs every year, they would shut down F Street and, you know, like some of the local, like, go-go bucket drummers would be yeah, playing yeah. on F Street when you would get to the top of the escalator to go walk to the stadium and you'd just be like, all right, it's game day. Yeah. You know, it was it was one of those things where, it, like, when I when I think back on DC memories, that's, like, very high. It still gets sure. crazy out there um, mm-hmm. on, on game day. It still, it still holds that uh, – that kind of vibe. It must be like the busiest McDonald's in the universe. It feels like. Oh yeah, that McDonald's is crazy, and that Chipotle. It's <laughs> a Chipotle right by. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, Steve, you want to dive yeah, in? Yeah, let's and, get some. Uh, let's get. Uh, I don't know. You guys want to talk about some some early favorites on the on the record? I mean, I, mean, I know I, I I have I have two definitely, but why don't you start? I'm gonna go with Smoker Friendly. Oh, yeah, that's mine too. Smoke for the smoker nice. There you go. Are you got smokers? Blow some smoke out for the. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Silence is deafening. It's funny for a lot of my non smoker friends. Like the they like this one too? Yeah. Rhyming to my vocal cords go wild. I'm here forever simply. This time this music going carry on for Yo, is that a sample or is somebody using the vocoder? It's a sample. Is it? Um, it's Troutman? No, it's not Troutman. It's, it's a newer it's a newer act. It's right on the Chromio or something? No, uh, it's a newer R&B, R&B singer. Mm. He's not really that Okay. He's more of a writer. Jay Maven made this Jay Maven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin McCall. You guys ever heard of Kevin McCall? Mm-mm. He's more like a, uh, he's an R&B artist, but he's more like a writer. He's more known as a writer. He, he used to like write for like Chris Brown and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but he Kevin McCall. Yeah, I'll check it out. What's, wanna, what's, he, um, what's he saying though? I have no idea. Okay, all right. Like he's saying higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can smoke that other shit, but cush erase the pain. See the stress I can't ignore. So I ditch reality and let my mind explore. Not adjacent to the floor. Can't do the stagnant shit no more. I've been working 40 hours at this store. Told my manager, don't schedule me no more. Look, this shit ain't for hoes. This shit for the smoker friendly. And I probably won't be friendly. Let some marijuana in me. Look, I wake up, roll up pronto like some bullets in the semi. And I might just call up Benny for some pronto he could lend me. Roll them J's up back to back. Snacks on snacks on snacks. Hey, look, I might just play the card back that's the stone that started pack get better with time it's like i'm an ancient artifact smoking weed with wine no your girlfriend won't be calling back hey smoke out for the smoke blow some smoke out for the smoke friendly blow some smoke out for the smoke friendly blow some smoke out for the smoke friendly Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
You guys ever see that skit before? No, what is this? I have to show y'all. I have to I have to send it in like a chat or something. It's like this funny skit that was like uh circulating around the net and pretty much this this guy, he like he smells like this marijuana and he's just like pressure. He's saying like pressure, right? But he says like pressure. It's it's funny if you see the video. But if you see the video. So one of the things I noticed looking at the production credits on the record, right? So you got eleven songs. I guess it's it's really ten, right? If you take out the, yeah, the remember remembering him. Nip yeah. interlude, yeah. yeah, ten different producers. And mm. I didn't have the the liberty of having that list in front of me the first time I rolled all the way through the album, and mm-hmm. I would have sworn it was almost done by one producer. Mm-hmm. Like I thought maybe you had done it. So what level of like which which to be clear, I think is a, I is intended to be a huge compliment, right? Because a lot of times if someone uses, you know, 10 different producers, you get something that feels more like a mixtape than a cohesive album. Mm-hmm. So in terms of you picking production and kind of going for a certain vibe, is that a conscious decision? Is that just something that grabs you? Like were a lot of producers just giving you one beat and it happened to a line where you going through larger catalogs, like how did this sort of come together in a way where it, it all sort of fits the fabric of, of the album? Um, that's a good question. Really, uh, when I started this, like my first project was like a, t- uh, a take that was old. So um, so that was with, completely produced by Tom Chief. And I just felt comfortable with the beats that he had and with the sound that he had. Uh, he pretty much sent me a beat pack and half of that beat pack was pretty much old. So um, so when I, I get I get beats from producers all the time, but it's not, you know, uh, it's not often that I get like a beat pack from a producer that is like, I'm going to use five of these. It's really like, I like cycle through like seven and like two may speak to me or one may really speak to me, you know? And it's not to say that those are like bad beats or, you know, they're not good beats, but it's just like, when I listen to a beat, it has to really like speak to me emotionally. And if I don't get that, then I can't really work on the song. It'll be almost like forcing it. So that just comes from like getting like, a bunch of beat packs from a bunch of different producers and just picking like the best one or two that really spoke to me. And it just ended up, it's actually nine producers out of 10. Um, mm. NK Music produced uh, Guinness and Pepe Le Pew. So oh, it's, shit, it's, that's it's my nine. bad. Yep. No, you, right. you go. Yeah, it's nine um, out of 10, but it's still <laughs> almost 10 out of 10. So that that's pretty much it. I just, I listen to beats from producers. I would love for like, I would love to be able to lock in with a producer and just make like tapes and stuff like that but a lot of times it's really just like they send me like a variety of beats and like i'll just pick one that kind of just matches me and that's that's what happened you know with this album and then, of course we made like maybe like for this album we probably had like 14 or 15 songs and just kind of chopped them down to what sounded great cohesively was that tough to do <sighs> Was a little bit. Some of the songs didn't make it. Uh, I always make. I always like uh, give Charles shit about. He he didn't want Luminosity to be on the album. Mm. He said really? Luminosity, yeah. <laughs> he said Luminosity wasn't a fit, and <laughs> so I took it. I took it off, and I was like in the car playing the album with my girlfriend one day, and she was like, "Wait, where's Luminosity?" And I was like, "Charles said take it off." She's like, "Call Charles right now. I'm about to fuck him up." Like, no, you don't take that out. You don't take that off. I put it back on now. So I told I told Charles and like Luminosity was kind of one of my favorites, mm. but 
but after listening to the song, like my song so many times, it kind of get like it gets blurred up. Like, yeah, yeah it's kind of get so I'm like, okay, you know, you're not really feeling luminosity, so we scratch it. But that was one of my girlfriend's favorites. So she she got it added back on. I had to add it back on for her, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, that was that was one of my two. Too, yeah, let, let's get into honest. luminosity yeah. and put Charles on blast for a second. Yeah, and I love that Charles <laughs> is sitting here like listening in, but on mute. You know, he wants to defend himself. Right you trying to take this song over here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it because I mean, there's a there's a song structure element to it too, where it's like it starts to me with what, if I'm remembering the structure correctly, it starts with what feels like a verse that's actually like a repeated refrain, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, which I, it was one of those where I was like. Oh, this this verse is killing it, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm so glad this is actually repeated." That's like, dope. The, yeah, like it's, sometimes it's I'm like, sometimes like, I overthink. I'm a Virgo. I overthink like crazy. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh, is it boring them?" You know what I'm saying? Or is it, you know, this is crazy how how I think sometimes, man. You know. No, I feel you, and and like you said, once you're working on a project and you go through it a bunch. Like it's it starts to become like you just heard it a lot, right? So it's right, like, right. You're like ah, uh, you know, it kind it kind of helps to have an, an outsider, exactly. like a girl or someone, be like, yo, what happened to this track? Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's get into luminosity. And this is produced by Derek Thomas. Mm-hmm. Two, one, two, one, two. I see better days. Uh, look, uh, this shit get tough because in my visions I see better days. Just to escape, I roll the weed and then I get away. I pull my crap, I mean, I'm trying to write a verse a day. Been working out because, man, I'm trying to keep the hearse away. This shit get crazy, all the power that's between my brows. Back then, I wish I had the visions that I'm having now. Back then, I wish I had the visions that I'm having now. Having now. Uh, uh, look. This shit get tough, cause in my visions I see better days. Just to escape, I roll the weed and then I get away. I pull my crap, I mean I'm trying to write a verse a day. Been working out, cause man, I'm trying to keep the hearse away. This shit get crazy, all the power that's between my brows. Back then I wish I had the visions that I'm having now. Back then I wish I had the visions that I'm having now. Uh, look. I could really be mad about all this shit. But this feeling is something I won't forget. It's easy to lose your hunger when life be throwing you gifts. I had to lose it all before understanding this shit. Uh, I got it back, now the power I can't resist. I'm humble, gotta tell myself none of this shit exists. Cause it's a mental creation. As soon as I get distracted, the shit can get taken from me. I promise I've seen it happen. I do this shit out of passion. I was broken in a bitch up in Manhattan. Uh-huh. I ain't have a choice for believing law of attraction. Cause it was now or never, could never be broke forever. Could never stick to a job, making millions for my oppressors. I never could just accept what life give me. I try to filter out the fuck shit like kidneys. I hold my head when I move through my city. I got old friends asking for change, looking 50. It's real. This shit get tough cause in my visions I see better days. Just to escape, I roll the weed and then I get away. I poke my crap, I mean I'm trying to write a verse a day. Been working out cause man I'm trying to keep the hearse. Away. This shit get crazy, all the power that's between my brows. Back then I wish I had the visions that I'm having now. Back then I wish I had the visions that I'm having now. Having now. Look, uh, luminosity, 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 luminosity. We luminous, we luminous, we luminous, luminosity. We luminous, we luminous, uh, uh, 
Look, slamming BM doors, then we copping Porsches. Pay my mother mortgage, gorgeous. Uh, till we on the Forbes list, we'll be working towards it. Put it in the universe, take a couple courses. I'll be here forever, let my spirit orbit. Understand the principles I lay on these recordings. A couple golden bars before I bring the chords in. Uh, Look, this shit get tough, cause in my visions I see better days Just to escape, I roll the weed and then I get away I pull my crap, I mean I'm trying to write a verse a day Been working out, cause man, I'm trying to keep the hearse away This shit get crazy, all the power that's between my brows Back then I wish I had the visions that I'm having now Visions that I'm having Yeah, that song is just a vibe. Man. Yeah, that, that's really good. Yeah. I appreciate, appreciate it. it man. I feel like I got to escape reality for a couple minutes. Thank you for that. <laughs> I like how y'all play the whole song. It's dope. <laughs> you got to, man. I had to look up Luminosity as well. No idea what that meant. I, if, that, if there's a music video to that, I picture you doing push-ups for a lot of it. Push-ups? <laughs> yeah. Working like out. I'm working out. Trying to keep the hurts away. Trying to keep the hurts away. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny you say um, you had to look up Luminosity because when I, I remember it was like a company called Luminosity. It's like a, mm. uh, it was like a tutoring company or something like that, mm. and they like, like tutor kids and stuff. But I had to look up if it was like actually a word, and I'm still not 100 percent sure if it's a word or not. I know <laughs> luminous is a word, you know. It's, uh, it's a word now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Sounds good. I love you know, the second part of that Manhattan bar too, where you said, uh, I was broken than a bitch up in Manhattan. And you said, I ain't have a choice but to believe in law of attraction. Like, that's yeah. a really fucking dope that's line. A, that's a fire bar right there. I really didn't have a choice, man. Yeah. Um, I was really, uh, especially when I was like a senior in college, I was mm. about ready to graduate and I was doing the, the studio thing full time. Um, I, would, I would really be like broke and I would just go down to um, Lower East Side, you know where that water is? Like right under the bridge, I'll just go to that water and just write in like a notebook and try to manifest like things. And that's all I could really believe in. You know? It's a good spot to write in. It's, it's uh, amazing. Like I just, I would start just turning my phone off and I would just go there for like an hour or two, phone off, like not accessible, not accessible to anybody. Like, cause I was really like stressed out and that was the only way. Like mm. I couldn't like even be in my apartment sometimes. Like, so that would be the only way I can get away. And I, I would turn my phone off and just go down there and write. And that's how I wrote most of my first project. Yeah, for anyone that can't picture the setting, there's like a <clears throat> probably like a 30 or 40 foot walkway where people ride bikes and go running up mm-hmm. and down that whole portion on the <clears throat> on the east side of Manhattan. And there's like a couple seats as you go along. But the couple yeah. times where you're like directly under like the Williamsburg Bridge or Manhattan Bridge yeah. and you're looking out over Brooklyn and the bridge is like so big above you. Cause I used to use it as a running path and yeah. like you would always catch me in those instances right by the bridge. You're like, God, yeah. you know, no one, it's, it's, it's no one comes down here to party, but it's like the most beautiful part of the city. It's so great. I always like used to say like those condos that are like right there. I'm like, that'll be like, I'll look at the balconies and be like, that'll be like an ideal place for me to live. Yeah. Yeah. But Hell yeah! No, it's good to. I think I think I think that um, location is in a lot of movies and stuff too. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, I be believe surprised. it. Yeah. I know it was in Secret Life of Pets, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it was in the movie Salt. <laughs> Steve's m- movie references. This is a, everything is like kids. kids <laughs> every 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 time I see a diner in New York, I'm like, oh, this is probably where they make Seinfeld. <laughs> That's a real that place, though. Work? That's a real place, right? Is it the diner? Yeah, from Seinfeld. I, that's a real place. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, think it's, so. it's called Tom's Diner or some shit, right? No, this. Uh, yeah, the Seinfeld one's definitely real. That's definitely real. Well, I don't think you, that. I, I, it's definitely the shot from the outside is real. Yeah, right. Real. Yeah. What, what part of the city does Seinfeld take place in? It's Upper East Side. Upper East Side. Is it? Okay. I think I've only been to Upper East Side like once. I love New York as like backdrops and tv shows especially now that it's you know covid quarantine and i live in carroll gardens right now but like i've been to manhattan maybe five times in the last yeah. eight months so it's yeah. like mm. but i used to go every day for work and it's like really uh, one of those things like even uh what's the new show the undoing on hbo i've been watching and it takes place all in like midtown and upper east and i'm like oh yeah new york great place <laughs> <laughs> i haven't i haven't left my block <clears throat> Probably a good thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Saving money. Yeah, for sure. So do you believe in the law of attraction? I believe in that heavy, man. I believe in like your mind. I believe you can like pretty much create whatever you would like with your mind. I think it's a way to just obtain whatever. Mm. Um, as long as you're like I don't. I hate sounding cliche, but as long as you're like focused and as long as you're like in- intentional with your thoughts, mm-hmm. I honestly believe you can like really manifest things. I mean, like even with like this project, my last project, it took me like a year and a half to get to like two thousand streams, mm. and this project is already like over ninety thousand streams. But that's like I was like telling myself, you know, throughout this whole thing that you know I'm gonna have this this X amount. Of things mm-hmm. or, or streams or fans and it did not seem attainable at the time you know mm-hmm. it really didn't and you know it's, it's happening so i just like to keep that positive mindset it's better than a pessimistic mindset you know that's true so it's, it's yeah, i don't know if you and uh i don't know if you and charles have been promoting specific songs but it looks like look up is already up to almost fifty five thousand. which for yeah we're, we're recording this on the tuesday night after a drop so Things been out for four or five days. Well, that's well, that's a lot of spins, start. man. Goddamn. The thing is, um, well, we 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 dropped Look Up like a month and a half ago, two months ago. Oh, so gotcha. Okay. We were kind of dropping like singles leading mm-hmm. up, and you know, but when Look Up released, I got a thousand. I got like a little over a thousand my first day. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Like I really was not expecting that. I hadn't dropped music in like a year and a half. I probably only had like 30 monthly listeners on Spotify. And when Look Up dropped, like within like three weeks, I probably had like about, you know, 30,000 monthly listeners. Mm. And it was just like crazy to me. I never, like, it didn't even feel real to me, you know? So this is just dope. <laughs> Did you promote this record differently than you promoted your last one? Yeah, we definitely promoted differently, and this this we got on we got looks on playlists. Mm. You know, we did like the pre saves on Spotify. We did like giveaways. You know, but I just still did not expect you know the boom like that. I would have been happy with ten thousand. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Maybe five thousand. You know, I would have been happy with it, but you know, we didn't expect it at all. So, yeah, congratulations, man! Ninety thousand—that's a big number. 
The pen pals owe you a cake, I think. It's it's, it's relative, you know. It's all relative. Like, now it's like, okay, 90,000. It's like, damn. Right. Now I want that. You got to get to a million now. Yeah, yeah, now I want that million, you know what I'm saying? So it's all relative. And I'm pretty sure if I start getting, you know, a million, I might be like, oh, I want two million. You never know. You always want more. Right, right. What happens when you go Spotify Platinum? Nothing. You get like... Drake gives four, you a voicemail or something. I think you get like $4,000 for a million um, oh. streams on Spotify. So, you know. I was I was hoping they would like make a cake bust of your head or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Didn't that guy from Spotify say like, artists just need to put out more mu- more music. Like, put out a project every month. Yeah. That's, that's, what that's what, you know, that's what they're trying to push. And that's what the world is trying to push. Like, make, make it, make it faster. Put out this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like, like with this album, like a lot of people told me like, you know, oh, I wish it was longer. My only critique was it was longer, but I was making it a, a, with the mindset that people didn't like long albums or, you know, and, and it, it is kind of true. Like if you put out a 17 song album, I know I'm, I, it's hard for me to sit down and digest a 17 track album. The Buster you know Rhymes saying? album was like 25 tracks long or some shit like that. Yeah, it's it's so hard for me to digest long albums now. And, you know, I kind of I kind of like the like the quaint albums. Yeah. I'm not the type of artist that's really going to put out a track a week cuz I feel like I would kind of spread myself thin, mm-hmm. you know, but to each his own. Yeah, no, make, I'm with make you, it count. I, I feel like know? that's yeah. a sweet spot now is like doing something that's right around the the 30 to 35 minute where it's ultimately a song culture now, so people are gonna go through it. They're gonna add two or three to like whatever playlist or however playlist, yeah. it is that they go back to stuff. Yeah. But if you leave something, if you put something that's good enough where someone's like, "Yeah, I could run this all the way through," yeah, the odds of them doing that for an hour just based on how people live now is like unlikely. But half hour is right in that like, oh, I've got to drive across town and back. You know what? I'm just yeah. gonna go through this whole record. Yeah. And me, like my commute, when I was in New York, the one thing I missed about New York was like the, uh, I used to take like a 45 minute commute into the city, hour commute. So I could really sit down with an album and listen to it, or I could sit down with a music, with some music, but now I drive, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of cuts out my like sit down time. Like, you know, I might drive 20 minutes somewhere. And by the time, by the time I'm on, on like track five of the album, get back in the car, it just it just breaks up the album for you, you know what I'm saying? You can't really get like a whole cohesive listen to like a 17, 18 mm. track album. It's not really realistic. Absolutely. <clears throat> I want to go back to the thing you said about uh, Zodiac signs because I feel like there's a consistent theme that has been coming up in 2020 interviews that we've done with MCs where people are like way more into astrology than I would expect. We had uh, Justo the MC on here uh at the earlier part of the year and like by the end of the interview i was like looking up my own specific birth date on cafe astrology yeah i was shocked man like i <laughs> yeah. when i started reading stuff and i know like there's one element to it where like when it's all mostly positive like you're going to keep reading yeah like, they never go down the road of like and this is where you'll end up miserable you hold a grudge for many years <laughs> right yeah exactly from what i've read, <laughs> read like you gotta you they'll tell you like your weaknesses you know what i'm saying like like me i'm a guy that likes comfort right Mm. so sometimes i won't press as hard you know like i'm i I like comfort i like to 
chill. I like to not do stuff sometimes and not, you know. Sounds I'm great. Whatever you're describing again, sounds great. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really like, I don't know. I, I like to be in like a comfortable space. So that can lead to like complacency and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I have s- semi-addictive personality. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't drink coffee like two months ago. I bought my girl a K-Rig and she has me drinking coffee every day now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> Coffee's the best stuff. <laughs> it's like certain things, certain traits that you have that could lead to like a detriment and mm-hmm. could you know, that you know you might have to work on, you know? So that's what, I like, I do my birth charts and all that stuff too. I I just started doing it like maybe a year or two ago, but it's pretty interesting when you, when you read and just, I mean, we're all philosophers at the end of the day, but you know, some of these concepts and stuff, it's interesting to take a look at, you know? I'm a, I'm a cancer. And basically anytime I do research on what it is to be a cancer, it's basically just like, I'm, that I'm a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. My uh, my my ex girlfriend and my mom are cancers, right? And uh-huh. they're both like super emotional. So I've been going like after my after my ex, I've been going like saying like I hate cancers. Oh my god, I can't. Mm. <laughs> and then my son is a cancer. Mm, like I just okay. had a son, and he's a cancer now. Congratulations. So. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah um, congrats, man. Yeah, it's funny you say that because you know cancers are known to be like in tune with their emotions and shit like that. So. <laughs> what what month is a cancer? My son is uh, July. July, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> did your phone go off? Yeah, my phone just. I actually just. I just text Moses because I thought that line was so hilarious. I I wanted to remember it later. I said, I'm a little bitch. This is is Nico's episode, so that can't be the title. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nico can pick the title. That's hilarious. So did the, uh, so for Law Rhythm, uh, was that, how did you meet up through Charles and through the pen pen pals with Arziola or how did you guys get connected? So... He's been I, on met, a times. I met Zach, who, uh, are you guys familiar with Lushwork, the band? Mm-mm. Okay, so Lushwork is a band. We're, we're all friends. Uh, Lars, Pen Pals, me, Lushwork. You probably, when they drop a project, you probably end up running into them. But uh, So the guitarist from Lushwork, um, I met him at the studio I used to work at, Blast Off, and he told me to just come to their shows. Mm. So when I started coming to their shows, I met uh, Lushwork, the band, and the pianist is uh, Dez. He's brothers with Max from Pen Pals. So I met Pen Pals. I met Lushwork. I dropped my uh, my project maybe a couple months later. They had me come out to a show and uh, kind of like be on a bill with them. I did a show with them. That There I met Charles and I met Lars. Uh, Lars was on the bill as well. Uh, and that was probably about two or three years ago, and we all just been like, you know, we like chilled after the show and we all just been good friends since. That's dope. Yeah, so like uh, Lars was saying like he wanted to send me some beats and I ended up pulling up on him one day in Brooklyn and uh, that was the first song we recorded. Yeah, let's get nice. into that. Is that cool? In the, uh, before we go in, the fade out at the end of this, was that your design, his design? I'm, I'm always curious because... It was, cause it, it was my idea. It was my idea. Uh, I was... I was kind of struggling to finish that verse uh, and I just decided it would be cool to like kind of leave it up to interpretation, right? So like, if you think about when, I don't know if you, any of you guys ever meditated or anything like that before, 
But like usually when I meditate, you know, like when I say like this is your intuition talking, right? When I meditate, I like listen to like my try to like listen to my intuition or listen to whatever energy is talking to me. But sometimes like I can get it, I get it clear, and then it like fades, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like maybe I'll come back down to earth or, or come back like a distraction to happen back here where I'm at, and it'll kind of like take my attention away. So that was the t- intention of it. Like I'm talking to my my intuition. Like he's telling me I'm gonna be great. You make millions and travel to every state, right? So I'm talking to him, and then it's like slowly kind of fades, and it's like kind of figure that. Shit here's out. how like, you're gonna do it. Yeah, figure <laughs> that out. And that's kind of how it's been, man. It's like you know, that's like the battle. That's mm-hmm. like the, the law of rhythm. So mm-hmm. it was it was my idea. Yeah, to... Very dope. Appreciate it. Every time I escape the shit, everything rising and sinking. My mood can change without blinking. I know I'm really depressed because of these thoughts I've been thinking. Wouldn't be mad if accident killed me and left me here. I swear I gotta stop smoking. I swear I gotta stop drinking. How you stay optimistic when your opportunity shrinking? How you stay optimistic when nobody see your importance? Nobody listening to the shit I spent hours recording. Nobody see the vision because everyone fucking puppets. I can conform or keep struggling. Really, I'm about to say fuck it. Go get a real career and just be like the regular public. At least I won't have this pressure. That every day I'm waking up with That's the type of shit I'm on uh, That's the type of shit I'm on uh, Every day I talk to God Hey look I know I asked for this But I'm just tired of the storms uh, I said I'm tired of the storms uh, And every day it's raining yo uh, They keep screaming chase your dreams It was cool when I was a teen But as an adult this shit get draining bro uh, I don't really be complaining though Hold my head and keep maintaining Cause insane is so close But every day against the grain I go uh, That's the best way to explain it though It's high ties, low ties High ties, law of rhythm uh, High ties, low ties High ties, law of rhythm your intuition talking you'll be great you'll make millions and travel to every state like gravel stay down to earth fight your battles they could be worse be grateful that you found me most of your peers are cursed and probably won't wake up till they 40 it may be worse it's crazy how many niggas gonna sleepwalk into a hearse it's crazy how many friends that was close to you gonna disperse so every day keep it moving and every day write a verse i promise that it'll get better i promise that it'll reverse i promise that if you sacrifice you will That's a special song right there, man. Fantastic. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's another one yeah. that almost didn't make it 
because I was getting into my own head about it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I it, thought we were gonna throw Charles under the bus again. Nah, that was me. <laughs> it was me, and uh, you know, Charles kept saying it was fire, and my girl kept saying it was fire. Yeah, it was fire. One of my other friends said it was his favorite, mm. and I was like, "All right, if it's his favorite, then maybe you know, it's you know, it, that that was just me venting mm-hmm. on the track, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know if people want to hear me whine about, you know, struggling and shit, but." <laughs> Well, I think we can all relate to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all worried about sleepwalking into a hearse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Does anyone know, is that a, is that a Jim Hall sample? Who's Jim Playing Hall? You have to ask Lars that. Oh, yeah. We got to get Lars on the line here. <laughs> he's yeah. in a, he's in the woods somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Lars was really surprised that I picked that beat because he sent me like a lot of like uh-huh. beats that he thought, you know, were like. They were good beats, and you know, he said this was his more most simplest beat. You know, it was yeah, more of like a subdued a kind of, yeah, and a drum break. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. this is the beat that I picked out. You mm-hmm. know, and that's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> that's going back to that thing about the cohesive sound. Is that I? I know me personally. When I first was like writing and picking beats, I would fall into the trap of like picking a beat that sounded really great before you had rapped to it. So it's like these really anthem-esque like up hip-hop beats yeah. like everything's like mop or something and right, right, I, right i like that i like your ear for picking beats because these are really nice like canvas songs and I, mm-hmm. I i think steve and i right when the record came out and we were just you know prepping for the interview and, and listening steve was like yo this album is just like really honest you know like that was i think one of the first words that, yeah, that sure. came out on the on the text thread and it's like yeah and, and it helps that a beat like that you know which is amazing and i I love the beat and i would listen to the instrumental it does allow you an opportunity to do your thing uh and and be forefront without having to like scream on it without you know Mm -hmm. you're just kind of just kind of chilling kicking the rhyme like getting into how you're feeling that that's a it's a it's a great it's a great place it's kind of the vibe of the whole record the way that i hear it and you said you said something key about um being able to just listen to the instrumental because that's how I am. My favorite type of music is lo-fi hip-hop. So I just mm-hmm. like to just like go on the 24-hour lo-fi channel and just chill and just vibe to those type of beats, like beats that tell a story without, you know, you having to really tell the story. It kind of tells you the story, essentially. Mm. Um, and it has to have like, like a like you said, a canvas. It has to have a, a place for you to, to rest in, you know what I'm saying? So... I mean, even like I pick beats like that too, and like I go to make the song, and I'm like, no, this shit, this shit sounds cluttered, this sounds trash. <laughs> like, I throw away a lot of songs, you know what I'm saying? So, I try to pick, I, I try to pick a wide range of beats, but <laughs> it's like these type of beats that I that I really gravitate to. Do you ever make any of your own stuff? Yeah, I actually. So when I'm um, going back to like when I worked at Blast Off. Um, and then even before that, I kind of started off as a as a producer. Mm. So I use Logic. I'm an audio engineer. Um, I produce. I make lo- I make lo-fi beats now, but um, I was doing like a lot of trap stuff when I worked at at Blast Off. Mm. You know, working with a lot of um, you know up and coming artists. And, and then I be- I began to start engineering like bigger artists, taking sessions and stuff. So I make my own beats. Uh, but it, making beats is kind of like work to me. Mm. and writing is kind of like a passion okay so i have to like get up to make beats you know i gotta make myself make beats uh to write we just do it because i love it 
That's an interesting place to be because I know Moses, I think you said this once where you're like, you can make a hundred beats for every one verse, right? You're like kind of the opposite where. Yeah, I I was reluctant to interject, but it's funny that I have <laughs> like, I have the exact opposite experience with those two things. Yeah. Like beats, like beats to me, they just feel like, like my body's making it. I don't really have to be too intellectually engaged and writing is like ripping hair out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> You know? That's how I feel with beats sometimes, man. Cause like, especially oh. like, like digging, like sample digging. I used to like, like if you would have heard me in high school, you would have thought like I was trying to be the next Ninth Wonder or the next Yay or whatever. Like I was really good at making beats, and I didn't really want to rap. I didn't want to rap until um, I, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to rap. But when in my adult life, I didn't want to rap until uh, So Far Gone by Drake came out. Mm-hmm. Cause it was kind of like, okay, this dude is like super honest you know what i'm saying super emotional and he's not really trying to fit the status quo of being like a gangster rapper which has never been me so that kind of gave me the fuel to write to mm. rap and once i found rapping i kind of like put beats to the side interesting were there any dc people when you were coming up that uh you were real into i mean i know i always feel uh, like the dc scene is the most underrated or slept on when, maybe that's just because i'm most exposed to it but when i was in high school everybody listened to go-go mm-hmm. nobody listened to like up and coming hip-hop only like we listen to like little wayne maybe but everybody if you'll find like a from where i'm from if you find a kid's ipod it'll be loaded with straight go-go music mm. and um wale came and wale kind of broke that mode because he would like rap over like go-go beats and stuff and he was kind of like a go-go rapper. And then he started making his own stuff. And he his music is really, Wale's a really good artist. Mm. And, uh, you know, he kind of broke the mold. And, like, people started listening to um, Wale and go-go. But it was really, like, unheard of for, like, a DC rapper to, to come out. I mean, you have, like, Odyssey. Um, mm-hmm. But Odyssey kind of moved to New York and, like, kind of took, like, a different, you know, uh, I guess kind of grab, grabbed a different fan base. But, we had like, o- like, Odyssey like, on when I was in high school, we we listened to straight go go, pretty much. Steve, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say we yeah we had Odyssey on the show. We had why why you's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, XO's been on the show. Have you guys had Kev on the show? We have not had Kev Brown, but we need to get yeah. Actually, that's that. a really good call yeah. for a future interview. We have not yeah. had we had Wale on the show a couple times, you know. And now you have Nico. That definitely that did not. Happen. And now we got Nico. Artemis, we should say. Are, are you guys? Um, were you guys listening to any like DC rappers out of curiosity? Like growing yeah, up, I, I loved Odyssey. Um, Odyssey, okay. Yeah, all the Diamond District guys, and then uh, you know, like Flex, Flex Matthews, Artemis. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm dating myself because I was like <laughs> lived on U Street in not not uh literally but figuratively like every thursday friday and saturday night right. in like k beta yeah k beta yeah. you know stuff like See, that I, I actually damu you. is someone oh, damu, i don't know if yeah. you've yeah, listened damu. to damu the fudge monk but that that sort of uh like the i could definitely hear you guys on a song together like with oh. him producing it and you rhyming yeah I don't know. have you ever heard him no i haven't hmm. i totally like miss I don't know. I think we were so blinded by like go-go music. I totally like miss like if there was an underground hip hop scene, we missed it. Cause like <laughs> me and all my friends were just like listening to go-go's on Friday nights. We'll go to like go-go, you know, see it live. And 
Gogo and Wayne. It's, it's kind of weird. Mm. So, so question. If I were to say that the Gogo bands that I knew of were Backyard, Junkyard, Huckabucks, and Rare Essence, like how far off am I from what <laughs> in your high school people backyard, were listening to? Backyard band. Of course, all those guys are legends. Rare Essence was like, you know, probably my parents were listening to Rare Essence. Junkyard is a little uh, before me, but Backyard was relevant mm. throughout my whole high school. And backyard is still relevant to me, you know. Um, Northeast Groovers are still doing it. Northeast Groovers, you know, yeah. that that's that's kind of older school. It's not as old as like Chuck Brown go go, mm, but right. uh, you know, it's kind of older before before me before you know. But what are like the like what are like the new like give me like one or two of the new groups that people are. are My favorite go go band right now is New Impressions. Um, probably never heard of. No, but I do want to check it after this. Is that on, they play those on PGC? Yeah, they play them on PGC. Uh, reaction band. But also, like, these okay. guys were extremely... No impression is still relevant in the Gogo scene, but Gogo is kind of, like, not as popular as it used to be, like, especially amongst, like, high schoolers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but New Impressions is still, like, very active. And you guys will like them because they're a very musical band. Mm-hmm. That's why I like them. Mm. They're original and they're, they're they're really musical. I'll check out. Yeah, see if I can get a tape. Yeah, <laughs> gotta get a tape. I always associate it with that. I'll send you guys some stuff. Oh, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. What was the biggest? There's also Wale a, a song few where, where he hair, rapped on hair salons a, called New Impressions. Believe it or not, where where he rapped on Gogo was it Pretty Girls? Were there other? Uh, that's the one that jumps out to me, right? Because that had Wale's first song. That I remember. It might not have been his first song. It was a song called Dig Dug. Hmm. And um I'll send that to you as well. Cause you if you if you guys were in, let's say this this had to be maybe like 2006. If you guys were in the DMV in 2006, I know for a fact y'all heard it on PGC in hmm. 93.9. And that was kind of like it was like a go-go hip hop hybrid, but it was like more okay. go-go. Mm. Uh, Pretty Girls was still a go-go hip-hop hybrid But it was a little more commercial um, But that is like one, the biggest I think go-go song that he's he's on But Pretty Girls was a song Before Wale even rapped on it Oh, was that, that was That was, what's her name? Uh... UCB, I believe Okay I believe it was UCB Oh, shit, okay mm-hmm. This my my uh, show prep was not fact checked. Yeah, just yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> I heard of Wale verse pretty recently. That was like it was a standout verse on somebody's album. I'm trying to. I can't remember which. Oh, uh, it was. Um, was it Pray for Paris? It was. Pray for, it was. Yeah. I was I, just listening to that song. <laughs> I was. I was really surprised. I was like, "Who is this?" I'm like, "Oh shit, that's yeah. Wale." <laughs> I was just listening to that song. It's funny. Yeah. Cause I didn't think that whole, yeah, I don't know. That record didn't grab me all the way, you know. Normally, I like the whole. I like most of his records all the way through, but that one. I think he puts he puts out so much music that I think you know one of them may miss. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I think he put out like five projects. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with these guys, man. Yeah, yeah. They put out so much music. 
He actually just did a Joe Budden podcast. Did he? I'll have to check that out. Pretty interesting. Okay. Did you go to the show at Howard Theater? I've never been to a Griselda show. Oh, you didn't? I, I want to okay. go. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been. They, they were, they how, were, how was it? They, went the, they were at Howard Theater. I saw Griselda first. Then I saw, uh, I think it was just a Benny show, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it was it was fun. Who's you all's favorite in Griselda? That's easy for me, but. Benny. Yeah, I got to go Benny. Yeah, I'm Benny's. Benny. Yeah, for Benny. sure. Maybe Conway second, then, then West Side. I think I'd just like Derringer. Derringer's a man. <laughs> Derringer's a man. How about you? Speaking of, uh, well, I like Benny like for body of work. I think Conway's the best rapper. Mm. Um, but body of work, I like Benny. Conway does have a lot, I mean, punchlines for yeah, days, Conway. you know? Conway could just rap his ass off. Yeah, man. yeah. He, got wa- he actually got wasted at the show I saw. Like, he was really <laughs> drunk. Damn. I mean, I never want to be that drunk. He was super duper drunk, man. I mean, those dudes were getting fucked up on stage. Damn. You you guys ever do that and have like a great show, even (laughs) still? I mean, it was a good. It was a good show. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, like you performing. Oh, I I feel like this question is rhetorical. (laughs) I think I've been nice on stage. Never like drunk though. Chuck. Uh, I want to say no. Like, I think that you know, smoking. I don't think you could ever get too lit. But drinking, like, there's just a coordination element that's associated with it. Where, like, if you're too drunk, like, there's just the words are memory flow as eloquently. The memory's not going to be there. I do remember being so hammered once that I stopped speaking in between songs because that was like the part that I was having the most trouble with. <laughs> Like, you know, normally you'd be like, yo, and then this song, like I did it with this person and it's about this. And I was just like, yo, y'all having fun. All right, next track. (laughs) I've definitely like woken up and had to be like, oh shit, did I have a show last night? (laughs) See, that's when I get lit. Like my shows, like for some reason, like leading up to it, I'm like, oh my God, like I have like three beers, two beers. And then, you know, I like, I make sure I kill the show. Then after I'm so happy I killed a show, I just end up getting fucked up after. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like Rebels. The, I, yeah. the the goal is to try and be like, depending on your tolerance, like just going from buzz to drunk when the yeah. show ends. So you have like right. a really good buzz. You get two or three more drinks in while you're performing. Then at the end, fun. then like that adrenaline. Because there's not a even if you're very comfortable being on stage, there's still like. I wouldn't use the word anxiety, but there's like an anticipation factor that once it goes away and everything has gone well, like this rush hits and you're yeah. like, oh, now I can drink. Now I can drink. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How I am, you know, and it depends on the uh, crowd. I did a I did a show at uh, Kenfolk in Brooklyn. And have you guys ever been there? I have not. No. Where's that? It's in uh, Williamsburg. And the crowd, like the energy this is like the first time it ever happened to me. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I feel like my energy is like radiant. So like when I'm on stage, I just try to give off that good, fun, inviting energy. And um, I don't think those people were, were there for me at all in the slightest. And mm-hmm. like the energy I was receiving was just like weird. So that was like an awkward ass show for me. I was just kind of like, all right, y'all, uh, like you said, y'all having a good night? All right, next song. <laughs> just trying to get the hell off stage. Oh, God. 
I hate when that happens and you have like been given way too long of a time slot. Because you figure if you're doing like a 20 minute show, you're going to do two or three before you're really like, all right, it's not me. It's them. Like this is not happening. And at that point, you're like 12 minutes in. You're like, all right, I'm already over the hump. But if you're like doing a 45 minute set and 12 minutes in, you're like, yo, this is not working. That's why it's good to have friends at every show. You know what I'm saying? Have your friends just turn up in the front. Just turn up with your friends. Right. Let everybody else look like they're not having a good time. That's that's also the thing where I think like uh, not <laughs> Any performing. Any birthdays tonight? <laughs> I know all your birthdays. Any birthdays <laughs> not, not performing too much is always a good thing because at a certain point your friends are like, yo, I can't come. Like, yeah, I can't come. Yeah, I can't come. Yeah. This, <laughs> and that's, that's how you get put out there. Yeah, true that. That's true. Yeah, your friends are always way more excited for your rap career in the beginning. And then like it kind of wanes. Yeah, like ten years in, they're just like, dude, I got kids, man. Yeah. You're still rapping? Mm -hmm. Kind of reverse for me, man. Like I get I feel like your friend my friends I struggled with like my group of friends and like support early on. Mm you know um like it's all funny games when you're all just having fun doing it but when you want to take it serious and when you want to do things like you don't really see the support but then like as like other people started supporting i feel like i started to get you know more support from friends oh almost like they weren't taking it that you were doing it serious and that's serious and then they're like oh they need to be they need to be reinforced by somebody else's yeah, Opinions people grow something. up and see you, you know what I'm saying? Y'all do the same thing with mm-hmm. each other. Y'all played on the same football team. Y'all both didn't make it to the league. And it's just like, all right, you know, this dude is it's just him. They don't really see you as a star, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if, if they do, you know, it could be an ego thing. It could be not take any serious thing. But, like, strangers have been way more receptive to you, you know? Yeah. And willing to, like, support Share. I can definitively say that I have friends that have bought shirts and shared links to the Chrome Bills podcast that I know have never listened to an episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. At least they, you know, they yeah, yeah, that, that's for sure. the battle. Yeah. You know? I know, but it's some part of it is I'm like, yo, you might actually like this. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. oh, that, that little that's stupid podcast they're doing. Basically, it's yeah. not going to last. I'm like, it's not that different than like us just hanging out, you know. I mean, that yeah. I think our our goal in this this uh, show, and I think we've accomplished it tonight, is like I just want to hang out with someone who I respect as an artist who's putting music out and be like, yo, what's it like if you're just chilling? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I gotta come out and be like, so what inspires you? You know, like yeah, that's sure. the like the the cheesiest type of interview. It's more like, yo, what's what's it like to hang out with this person? Like this this podcast is your couch. You yeah. Know? Mm. I, I'm really enjoying this because you guys actually like it's, it's easy to tell you guys actually like sat with the music and like studied and did your homework and your hip hop heads and stuff. So, it's, you know, I appreciate you guys. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks Thank for being you. on, man. Yeah. You want to get into another song? Sure. Moses, you got to go. Yeah, I got to go to bed, guys. All right. That's cool. Oh, man. Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good to meet you, Nico. Good to meet you, bro. Take it easy. Congrats on the record. Thank you. All right. Peace, guys. Yep. All right. What do you say? We go to look up? Sure. Yeah, let's play look up. You guys hear that? Yep. Yeah. Exclusive.
or two. We've been practicing patience, man. Look how long this shit took us. Look. Uh, look. Rolling up some shit you need to look up. Look up. Uh, told my nigga shit is about to look up.
Shout out to YSP on production of that joint. That is look yes, up. Sir. Mm. Killing it. I noticed no other rappers on the record. Is that uh is that kind of the stat the modus operandi, as they would say? Uh, or like oh actually, and that kind of dovetails into another question I want to ask, which is the mm-hmm. recording location for this with the ten different producers. Is that all being done at your place then? Or are you going to uh like a, a studio to do it or are you going meeting up with the various law producers? rhythm law rhythm was done at Lars's house in his bedroom um look up was done in studio at the studio that i used to work at okay. um and everything else was done in my bedroom well my now i have a, like a, my only little, little studio but uh before i used to do it in my bedroom mm. yeah and do you find a difference between like the comfort of doing it at your own place versus like the, kind of the timeliness of being in a studio uh, yeah. in particular? I mean, I guess someone else, if it's like your boy's house, that's kind of the same vibe. But if it's like this is the best, studio, you're kind of on the like, on the clock. Investing in my studio is like the best investment ever. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing like a home studio. You know, um, there's no really like limits on your work. If you mm-hmm. go to a, another studio, you got to get in, you got to get settled, you know, you got to figure out how the equipment works. If you don't have an engineer, um, you have to record. And a lot of times you press for time recording because you already don't waste like 45 minutes just getting settled. Um, you got to make you, you go in there with the idea, like what, like me, let me talk from my experience. So when I would buy a studio time, I would probably buy like five hours every couple of weeks and that would probably be like $40 an hour. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be like, that adds up. Get, yeah. It can get pretty expensive, like $200 <laughs> every time. And I'm like, okay, when I go, I want to record two songs. I want to cram two songs and I want to, I want to at least get two, but I want to get three. So like, I feel myself like rushing to get these three as opposed to like really sitting down, not really being pressed. And, and I can like try things here now like like pepe le pew mm-hmm. like i sung that hook which mm-hmm. i don't usually sing hooks i might do like little melodies here and there but uh i don't really sing hooks if i was in a studio full of people i probably wouldn't have tried that right. <laughs> you know You're more self-conscious that yeah. yeah that was just me being here you know smoking or whatever maybe drinking a little bit and just enjoying myself my time i'm kind of a loner as well so mm-hmm. um it just always works to have a gym where you stay essentially you know, where you could just practice or like, I can like, I have time to waste. I have, I have the resources to waste time on songs. Like I can create a whole song and throw it away or I can just work with some auto tune this time or, you know, and not have to be pressed with studio time. So mm-hmm. I, I think all my music I'm gonna record at home unless I just go visit somebody at their studio session, but. Yeah, and also if you write it, sometimes you're just in the vibe. If you're able to write it, and let's say you just made a Saturday night out of it, and you write it, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'm recording this now." Yeah, exactly. Like you can capture that moment as opposed yeah. to like when you, like you said, if you go in the studio and you've got five hours and you do three tracks, I'm guessing that they're already like completely written. Like yeah. you're going in just to yeah, record. You're ready to go, and like I, I use uh, go back to Pepe Le Pew. Like I recorded Pepe Le Pew. And I was just listening to it. And then, like, me and um, Charles were trying to figure out, like, little skits or little interludes to use and stuff just to kind of, like, break the album up. And, like, I do something called uh, Morning Pages, which is where 
I just wake up in the morning. You wake up in the morning, and as soon as you wake up, you grab your notebook and you write three pages, right? You kind of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. mind dump, and like that's the thing to like get your creativity going and um, get ideas out and stuff like that, and kind of unclog your mind and uh, give intention to your day. So I've been doing that <clears throat> for like about two years on and off. Um, so I have probably like five or six notebooks that I can like open up and it'll go back to like December 12th, 2017. Hmm. And I can like read what I was thinking. And I, I swear to God, like when, like I was working on Pepe Le Pew, I just reached around and grabbed one of my notebooks and opened it up and like what I was reading at the end of that track, that was right there. And I was like, oh shit, this will sound good on this. So I just read it. So it's like just having like a studio at your house when you have an idea, you can just like stop what you're doing and go drop it. You don't have to be like, oh, let me wait till Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? And then it's not even a fresh idea no more. Yeah, and, and the other thing is like, let's say you read that and you don't like it. It's just like 45 seconds wasted. Like no yep. harm, no yep. foul. Yep. Delete. Know, like you just keep exactly. it moving. Yeah, right? keep it moving. I yeah. that's probably been the best thing about the advance in technology is just allowing people to be creative in their own space, right? Because mm-hmm. studios are, are rigid and it's also like a fun thing. So sometimes you're like, hey, you know, my friends are in town, come through or like, yeah. you know, we're doing this, right? And it's and, and not to say that hanging out in the studio when someone else is recording isn't fun because I've been on the other side of it. Yeah. And I've been enjoying the shit out of it. But like or just having term- a studio session like if I if I go to New York, I'm gonna book a studio session just because I don't have a studio in New York. You know what I'm saying? I might have my friends come through, and we do whatever. It's not, but I'm not gonna take it as serious as if you know what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to record my album with this, <laughs> with this session. <laughs> you know, that could be like yeah, the absolutely. new. That could be like a new type of nightclub idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's actually like here's a Saturday night. Like like nightclub. we're not gonna go bowling. We're gonna go have a studio session. Like. No, that like happens. The- when I when I used to work at uh Blast Off hmm. every night. So I would I would work the night shift, which was six PM hmm. to when the night session ended. Right? So sometimes it'll end at four PM, sometimes it'll end at seven PM, sometimes it'll end at I mean sometimes it'll end at four AM, sometimes it'll end at seven AM. Yeah. Sometimes it'll end at two AM and we get to go home early. Huh. And I had school the next day in the morning. I had like a, probably like a 10 o'clock class. Wow. So a lot yeah. of times these dudes will come through like, like PNB rock, a buggy in them. Like mm-hmm. they'll come through and they will have a complete party. They're just throwing a party in the studio. Just throwing a party in the studio. But PNB rock is cooking up like 10 songs in that night. Huh. Just get it. Just everybody's like smoking and drinking and he's just going back and forth to the studio and everybody's just rocking out to the songs he's making. And like every night it's a party hmm. in the studio. Like it's crazy, but that's just not my, my environment. Like, you know, right. To record, but it, it's definitely a nightclub. Right. You know, it's whatever you want to be. I feel like for a producer, that sounds fun because you can say I've got like 30 skeletons in the bank Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna put some stuff on, and then I'll add a little bit of this here or, or sequence it. For a rapper, that sounds, at least to me, like intimidating as shit. Like <laughs> I have no, I have no level of like. Like I remember when I so I, when I got to New York, I was in a band, and like the the guys like to you know they would like jam, and I would rhyme on top of it, and we would have like two and three hour sessions, and 
by the end of it, I'm like, yo, I've kicked like every written I have memorized. Like, <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing yeah. myself freestyle. Like, I just got to stop, you know? So to it, think of like insane. 10 hours of rapping, even if you were rapping, you know, 10 minutes of every hour, that's still like 100 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. But these dudes, they're not like rapping, rapping. They're like going in there with the auto tune and laying mm-hmm. down like, flows and melodies you know and like a lot of you know you don't really have to like and the music that's out now they're not really like a lot of like the trap like the trap style of music it's like you stand kind of on the same concept and mm-hmm. you can still you can kind of freestyle that stuff you know what i'm saying like you know you get you get some drinks in you, you get some smoke in you and the beat going you got auto tune you just freestyle it <laughs> right you know and that's what you know and if it comes out trash it comes out trash like a lot of the music don't come out but a lot of it just the beat will get you there. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. that's true. But like my like with my style of music and, and how I like to like do it, I like to only have like a couple people in there. Mm-hmm. One time uh Andre three thousand pulled up and it was just him and his audio engineer and he had like like candles burning and they were just chilling. Mm. Did he like, run that night? I don't, I don't, he didn't go into the booth and like, he just played like, like just some beautiful sounding like instrumentals and stuff. Like, but yeah. Wow. He, I, I'm so curious. Cause he seems like one of those guys that, you know, when people, the flow is like so effortless that I, I kind of wanted to confirm my prediction that like, he doesn't do 50 takes on a verse. <laughs> you know, I didn't like, see him record, man, but he's like a real down to earth dude. Mm-hmm. Like he walked. So we stayed up by we we, we were up by like Rockefeller Center. Um, that's where our studio was by. He um he just walked to go get Bubblegum Shrimp Factory. <laughs> that's like Forty Sixth Street, you know what I'm saying? Like he walked like <laughs> ten blocks to go get Bubblegum <laughs> Shrimp Factory and just came back. And I'm like, oh shit, like bro, I could have went and got that for you, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's hilarious. Yeah, he's a cool dude, man. All right, cool, man. Well, thank yeah. you so much for yeah. coming through this doing fun, this. Man. We appreciate yeah, you doing this. Like, yeah, this I, lo- I love the record for sure, man. I just yeah. want to let you know that. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. Yeah, thank shout out to Charles for... Uh, yeah, shout for... out to Charles. For hooking yeah, this up, right? Because he sure. he shot me a note and like uh, was like, "Yo, I'm managing this artist. I think it'd be a great fit for, fit for the show. Check out the album." Uh, really glad we were able to make that happen. Really glad that it uh, got me to check the record because it's something that I'll be listening to for for some time going forward too. Like That's I, I really, hear, do, really do like it. I hope. Uh, uh, well, I'll say it this way. Anytime you want to come back through, you're more than welcome. Anytime you got a record coming out, you want to come in, or anytime you just want to hang, you're more than welcome. Yeah, you know, for sure. We, we, yeah, we love the you music. Guys, uh, you like guys it. talk. You guys talk some sports too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. I love. I love to talk sports too. So, awesome. Who's uh, Who's your squads? I'm an Eagles fan, Ooh. and I'm a Wizards fan. All right, so I'm, I'm with you on the Wiz. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. uh Eagles never, I mean, the Redskins never been good, like, since I started watching football. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. So, I never really, like, liked them, you know what I'm saying? So, I just kind of gravitated towards the Eagles. 
So I was actually born in, in Jersey, but then I lived most of my life in D.C., but I was already a Giants fan when I moved to D.C., and then I like the D.C. squads for everything else. So yeah, yeah. I do know that the Giants beat the Eagles for the first time in like nine meetings a couple of days ago. Pissed that game. <laughs> I was so pissed that game. But... I figured we had to get it after Eddie my man. Just ripping goddamn quarterback hmm. keepers on us. Dude, when he <laughs> fell on the 90-yard run or what would have been the 90-yard run, I mean, I know they ended up scoring that drive, but I'm like, this yeah. would have been like the iconic highlight I'm of his so career. Glad that didn't happen because we would have been like the laughing stock of the league for that. <laughs> He's actually kind of sneaky fast, though. You know, you got to give it to him. That. He's, that guy's fast. We, we know that now, yeah. you know what I'm saying, because of the Eagles. Yeah. Letting them run. <laughs> Dude, but I, I have no, like, even to bring up you guys losing to the Giants, I have no, uh, like, qualms doing so because the Eagles have just ruined the Giants for the last, like, 10 years. Going back to the yeah. d- the Desha- moment for Desha- me Deshaun Jackson. The Sean Jackson, yeah. like, where he kind of oh, fumbled yeah. the punt as yeah. time expired yeah. and then took it all the way back. Like, that was – that's my worst sports memory as a fan. Yeah, that part of the time was legendary. Yeah. But you was. guys are going like this, I think, and we're going like this. So that's something to be proud of. You guys are you on guys a got this, trajectory. You guys got a Super Bowl, so you're you're straight for a little while. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about Wentz? Do you think Wentz is the guy? I'm a huge Wentz supporter. Mm-hmm. I just believe in his talent. I I'm more of a I'm more um I, I put more of the blame on Doug, Doug Peterson. Uh, I, we don't even have an offensive coordinator, first of all. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have an offensive line. We don't have an offensive coordinator. Wentz makes boneheaded plays every now and then, but a lot of the time he's battling against all of that with bad play calling, with a bad defense sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So I think we should keep Wentz, um, but I really think we need to get rid of Doug Peterson for sure or or at least get an offensive coordinator in there for sure. Some people are like more hung up on decision making. I always have the unpopular opinion of like a guy that can make all the throws can learn to read defenses better. Right. And I feel like Wentz is that guy where like he's got so many throws in his career where you're just like, how the fuck? Right. Right. And so like if you have a highlight reel like that, I mean, you got to give a guy like, all right, if it's year eight and it's still happening, then you're like, nah, we got to move on. But like, uh, I mean, he's still he's still young, you know. He's yeah, still he's like still a young, kid. Man. He's still young, and it's 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 about leadership, man. Our our um our GM hasn't drafted good, drafted JJ Arcega Whiteside over um DK Metcalf. Yeah, like what? It's just like you're not even putting him in a good position position to to really win. Like so, I'm a, I don't know if you do fantasy football, but I'm obsessed with drafting rookie wide receivers that go in the first three rounds. So I had like JJ Ortega Whiteside on like probably like <laughs> every fantasy team last year. And it was like week 10. I'm like, yo, this dude can't get on the field. And they've lost like four receivers. Like Bro, when the coaches said, are obviously in practice, like this dude's garbage. When they Dude. said JJ Ortega Whiteside, I was like, what? <laughs> I usually have like a couple beers on draft night, man. I was like, oh my god! And then before that, we drafted Nelson Aguilar, who helped us in the. Um, He's good. He helped us in the Super Bowl. He he had a good 2018, but didn't pan out, man. And then speaking of the Wizards, I saw that the Wizards are in talks to trade for Russell Westbrook. Trade John Wall for Please Russell no. Westbrook. Please no. Please no. What? 
that doesn't that make any make sense. sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That's more like at least Wall's giving the ball away and helping other people score. Like Westbrook is going to end up with like 50 points a night and everybody else is going to be. Piss everybody else off dead and Bradley Bill's going to want to leave. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's not a good idea. Yeah, I don't get that one. I mean, I actually, I, I like Westbrook and I think some of the, some of the hate on him is unfair. But like that being said, I would feel that way about him. Like if he was already on my squad, I'd be like, come on, we got to work with this guy. Mm -hmm. There's no way I would trade like a cornerstone of the franchise for that guy. Especially if it's knowing Washington is probably like a short-sighted financial move because Mm -hmm. John Wall's on the super max. I think, I think Russ needs like a Giannis situation. You know what I'm saying? Where he, uh, he can dominate the ball and he can drive and kick out with good shooters. Um, Maybe if he went to the Knicks, you know, uh, the Knicks can probably create that environment around him. But I think he needs to be the number one focal point on the team to be like, to be as great as he is. He's a, he's a great player. To be as great as he is, he needs to be. Has he ever been just the only guy on the team? It's yeah, always been and, him. And... Uh, when KD left, he took him yeah, to the, the one year. Okay, okay. Left, okay. So. I feel All like right. he might have even won the MVP that year, but he yeah, definitely he, he won the MVP that year. And he took him. He averaged the triple. That was his first year averaging the triple double. Jesus. And he took him to um to the first round of the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, like if you were the Knicks, like that seems like a you haven't made the playoffs, you know, since Melo left. Like that's a great move, you know. Yeah, just they, grab him. They would love do whatever him. you got. They'll find a way to to win forty three games. Mm. If he got to the first round, they would love him in New York. <laughs> that's all he has to do you know and for but. the Knicks I mean they need to be thinking about it because they've got like the Nets I know the Nets are, the Nets are basically gentrifiers right who came from Jersey and moved to Brooklyn but like <laughs> they I mean when they have Kyrie and KD like and now everyone, they're talking about I, I mean I'm a Wizards fan and I'm like yo if we're missing the playoffs and the Nets are like the two seed yeah. like when it comes to playoffs what the fuck am I going to be rooting for like let's be honest I'm going to be like well they're playing the Heat I don't like either of these teams so go Nets they were um they were talking about it's, it's talks that Harden wants to go to 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 the Nets. Yeah, I saw that too. That would be which crazy. would be interesting. Hmm. I mean, you could just pencil that team in the finals. You pretty much could, yeah. Especially if they don't have to give up their pieces. I mean, as long as you kept KD and Kyrie, I feel like at that point you get that whole thing where all the guys that are free agents that could make like, you know, it's like what happened with Cousins a few years ago. Like you can just grab all those guys on a one-year deal, and they're like, "Hey, you want to win a title? Like, we'll give you four mil." And they yeah. know they could get, they could get some other deal, but they're like, "Hey, you know what? We'll do a one-year push." Like, yeah, then yeah, reevaluate. I think you can fill out the roster with just a bunch of like, you know, thirty-year-olds. <laughs> it's thirties old. Well, huh? I, I mean, that would be Nets tradition, right? Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. They basically <laughs> traded for like the big three. Yeah, the big the three zero. Yeah the, yeah, the big three zero is like, and then somehow Williams was there too. God, that team when they first came to Brooklyn, it was like Deron Williams. I feel like maybe like Gerald Joe Wallace, John- Joe Johnson. <laughs> Joe Johnson was on that squad. Joe Johnson, yeah. Paul Pierce, uh huh. KG, uh, yeah, Kim Kardashian's <laughs> Kim Kardashian's husband was on that team. I think that's like a that's like the. You, the team you don't want to play in pickup. It's like all the old yeah. dudes with the sharp elbows, <laughs> like setting hard screens. Somebody's getting a Charlie horse in this game. <laughs> oh man, somebody's twisting an ankle. <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me once again. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man.
and uh we'll, we'll see you well i'll see you at ikea up. man all right yeah <laughs> hit me up um i don't know if you all follow me or not on on ig no i'll do that right now. yeah i added you it's uh i'm i'm k chromey on ig okay k-c-r-o-m-e-y nice man that was, that was chrome bills 173 you can check out nico wave nico.wave n-i-c-o.w-a-v on all your streaming platforms peace peace yeah great album good interview too dude that was, that was... i'm hearing the tiniest bit of echo i am too. Else? I too do you think it's my headphones going into my mic your headphones that loud right now? I don't think they're like absurdly loud, but I mean that that's enough to cause an echo, right? Yeah, they would be. Okay, let me. It's gone. It's only the only reason I know it was it was your headphones is because when you talked, it went away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear it anymore though. All right. Well, I'll turn my phones down a little. <laughs> I respect it though. That's a yeah. Gotta saturate the brain, my man. <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah. top this. My man off. hit 30 and started blowing his eardrums out. It's a good time no, to start, dude. I um, I did. I went and got a everything checked out when I was maybe 25, mm-hmm. and I missed a couple beeps. That, yeah, that threw you for a loop or what? Well, I mean, I, I'm sure this is relatable, but I've like had headphones on for most of the day since yeah. I was like yeah. seven years old. Yeah, so. it's, it's gonna catch up with all of us, you know. Yeah, and you know what everyone says about hearing is that it's like the only thing that you can't really, like it only gets worse. Yeah, there's no way to really improve on that, right? Yeah, like it's... it's what if the, you it's went like, to like like the forest, right, and had to like hunt for your own food? Maybe you would just adapt. You mean like, you talking like Matt Murdock style, like when he loses his sight, everything else gets stronger? So like he's basically not blind? I was not thinking Matt Murdock, but that's that's good. <laughs> I should have just said Daredevil. What a pretentious asshole I am. You, you're kind of a jerk, but okay, you're wearing a Fantastic Four sweatshirt, so sure am. I, uh, I fucking. I should have given you all my comic books. Oh, really? You yeah. got a lot. I, I had them. I got rid of them all, man. Have you ever had a pull list? A what? A pull, a pull list or oh, a pull bag? Like these are the ones I need to complete my set kind of thing or? So what that is, is like if you if there's a store you go to every week, they'll. Oh, they'll like, okay, you're here for the latest this, this, this and this. No. Yeah. No, but they, I heard they, of, yeah, you have that. Oh yeah. I've been doing that for like, like 20 years. Oh, you must have a serious collection then. It's pretty fucked up, but, but I haven't, um. I haven't been to my shop since like May, since they opened back up. Okay. And they've been like stashing all my stuff. And I keep getting like really aggressive emails from the shop owner. Yeah. Are you like, paying Yo, for you... them? No, no. But they, it's like they pay for them so they could sell them. Oh. Uh... And he likes to rub it in my face that the stuff that I read is like, no one else is going to buy this. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. So I'm in hot water. Where are your comics? Where are they? Yeah, you have boxes. You put them on the... Oh, sh- on the. I have a storage unit like outside of my place, mm. like or, or in the corner in mm-hmm. the hallway. Mm-hmm. So they're just all, they're all, they're in long boxes. Yeah. Does that mean anything to you? Yep. Yeah. Nice. They're all in long boxes. But I keep them bagged and boarded. Smart. 
Yeah, just in case, you know, I want to look at them in 20 years. I have, no, I guess I got rid of all that shit. I was big into Spawn. Oh, yeah. There's so some, I, did, oh. I did like one through 50. I had like a whole bunch of them. I did. I had like, the OG? Yeah, the original one. I had like 10 copies of the first three or some crazy shit like that. Oh, I just okay. gave them to my friend. My, I traded I traded his high school rap cassette collection for all my comic books. That's the that's a pretty good trade. Yeah, what do you have in the in the rap collection? Who is this, Scotty? Yeah, guns? Scott. Yeah, I mean, I got the purple tape right off. Top. I got a right purple tape right off top was in there. What like, comics did you let go in order to obtain the purple tape? Um. All right, so let me think here. Wow. So what was I had a lot of image comics. See, like I started mm-hmm. like when it was. Yeah, so Spawn, it was like image. Keep the purple tape handy. That's all there you go. That's, Whoa. That's the fancy. That's the fancy version of the purple tape. They have the purple tape in a humidor, Chuck Butter. <laughs> it is in a. What, a yeah, what kind of container is that? It's like a padded box. It's a, yeah. I think a humidor is a, a good <laughs> only, way of explaining only, it. Only built for Cuban cigars. There you go. <laughs> Are no. we rolling? Shit, we're rolling. This I'm, should I'm be. Recording. Yeah, this is. I hope you're recording. This is Chrome Bills 173. Uh, we're just hanging out, smoking Cuban cigars, talking purple tape. Uh, we got Nico Wave coming up on tonight's episode, so stick around. Back Talk. to our, back to jokes, jokes and folks, <laughs> jokes and jokes and jokes and jokes. They put all the Chappelle's on Netflix. I. I Tried to revisit some, and I was worried I would ruin it for myself. How so? Oh, you know how like if you revisit something that you that you have like mm. a lot of nostalgia attached yeah. to, and you're like, all right, well if I if I check this out with like a grown up head, mm. and maybe maybe realize it's not as good as I thought, then I'll, you then you'll ruin the memories. Can you think of the worst example of that that's ever happened for you? Oh, I got yeah. One. Oh, there's so many. The Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was definitely in theaters for that. By the way. Hell yeah! <laughs> I remember being just so like excited for that, and it—I mean, not like at the time it was amazing, but like I dare you to watch that shit now. <laughs> Wait, how old were you in that camera? Did you go with the Guardian? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I still go with a Guardian, <laughs> a legal Guardian. <laughs> yeah, no, just any. I like say, I, I remember being like sixteen or seventeen, so. I'm, oh really? I was like, "Well, how many Mortal Kombat movies are there actually?" I think there are only two, but I know they probably get progressively like more ridiculous. I just know there's no plot in none of the. None of the <laughs> this is act, this is actually surprising that it has a five point eight out of ten on IMDb. Really? Like, that's yeah, that actually seems pretty high for a Mortal Kombat movie, don't you think? I was just, actually right when Moses said it, I was thinking in my head, I was like, was there even a story arc to this movie? Well, actually, yeah, there's like a, if you zoom out far enough, there's like a pretty basic <laughs> story that makes sense. But just like the way, the way that they get there, it's just, you can tell they were, were just trying to get every character to do their thing at some point, mm-hmm. And it was like really silly. Right. They're like, it's raining out. Where's Raiden? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You know, they, in show business, because I'm in show business now, mm-hmm. uh, it's called laying pipe. And if, you, 
And if, what kind and of show business are we talking about? Let's let's not get into that now. Oh shit, are we? Uh, we're we're rolling. This is this is rolling. So whatever you're gonna say, just you know. Well, anyway, don't um, offend the K word. So laying bad pipe is like, like <laughs> the scene is like, like two siblings and they're and and just to establish that they're siblings, one says like, "Oh, it sure sucks that mom died ten years ago." <laughs> <laughs> that's good pipe, right? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's masterful storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think that's funny when a show. <laughs> like jumps ahead you know especially when you're binging it when a show jumps ahead like a year and a half between seasons so they're like let's catch up everything that happened you know because we're jumping right into this new plot line and in the first five minutes like someone will just like pick up a bag of groceries or like zoom in on the wedding ring you're like oh they're married now (laughs) (laughs) oh like like hbo style yeah, I was actually thinking Treme. Like something similar happened between season one and two of Treme. I was like, "Oh, they're living together." I don't know what Tre- I don't know Treme. I don't watch television ever. Treme is uh, it's by the guy that did The Wire. Oh, cool! Uh, it's in New Orleans, like post Katrina. It's a. I mean, it sounds pretty gloomy the way I just explained it, but it's actually right. a pretty good show. Have you guys watched this sketch show on Netflix called "I Think You Should Leave"? No, but I've I've definitely had people recommend that. I've probably spun through it like three or four times. Sketch, I, sketch like kids in the hall kind of thing. Sort of, yeah. There's no there's no laugh track or anything. Okay. So it's this guy named Tim Robinson. He was a SNL cast member and mm-hmm. writer, mm-hmm. and basically he got a deal with Netflix to to shoot all of the sketches that didn't make it that like that were rejected at SNL. So they do like a multicam, like sort of Dave Chappelle style. It's smart. Oh man, that shit fucking annihilates me. I don't remember this guy on SNL at all. I don't know. I don't know that he. No, it says he was though. It says yeah. I think his big thing was like making making Kevin Hart break in the in the Barnes and Noble sketch. I don't know if you saw that, but he like he like had Kevin Hart like breaking character super hard, and I think that was his sort of claim to fame. (laughs) I got Kevin Hart to laugh. Therefore. Speaking of Netflix comedies, have you guys watched this thing called uh, People Just Do Nothing? Oh, no. I almost clicked on it, though. It's I highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, it'll hit certain chords, too, because it's like these guys. Do you know what garage music is? I'm not sure. I mean, it's kind of like if people were to freestyle over dubstep. Okay, but a little bit more like. Are you talking about grime? Like, talking about grime? Uh, I guess it's grime too. They call it garage, but grime too. But it's oh. it's that like bitty bitty boat to the baseline, you know, it's like <laughs> that type of stuff. So it's these guys uh, are like have a underground radio station that you know with them and all their friends. Yeah, I saw and the I saw I think I saw the preview for the show. It looks the, amazing. The show follows yeah. it, yeah. and they definitely have an inflated sense. I mean, actually, like if is, Al, like if Ali it's G's striking homes. a lot of chords right now, but like they, they they definitely have like an inflated sense of how many people listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would recommend checking it out. <laughs> Do you think that's at all true for for Chrome Bills, Chrome Billionaires? 
Like, we did. Hold on. I will, we sold a shirt this week. Let's. That's pretty fire. <laughs> I mean, but so sure. our our fans that we refer to as Chrome billionaires really like Chrome dozenaires. <laughs> mm. ha- have you noticed a gigantic bump in your Spotify streams and music sales since uh, firmly establishing your role on the show? I think that would be the proof in the pudding. Steve, get ready to edit this out. <laughs> you know what? I haven't. I haven't. He hasn't um, checked. Looked, check the feed burner on this. You know what? I do got to check is um my Bandcamp oh. sales. Every time I like accidentally open up Bandcamp, I like I'm like, oh shit! I have to like mail stuff out to people. Oh. <laughs> but I just never open Bandcamp, so I don't see them. So if it doesn't email you, like. It's, I'm sure it Congrats, does. there's email, a sale? Come on. My email is such a mess. It's all like spam and like... Uh, porn? Yeah, like weird porn stuff. And then like... It like 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 coupons from places I bought a t-shirt from in yeah. 2011. This sounds like my email. <laughs> yeah. Should we... Um... I sent him the... I sent the link through like where it sends it as an email too. Okay. Um, so we should see what's going on. Oh, there. maybe they're in here. Nope. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Wait, Moses, you have something coming up this Friday too, right? Or I guess by the time this posts, it'll be the prior Friday uh, on PBS, right? I do, yeah. Um, you weren't kidding about that? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Um, the PBS? I, well, I think the way that PBS works is like there's a... There's like a localized branch of PBS for where you live. Mm-hmm. They have like the they have like the national broadcasting. Like that's how you watch Sesame Street, Mister Rogers, and shit. But okay. but then there's like like I don't know how far our broadcasting will go, but it'll also be on the on the net. They so you like the me... Killer Army of PBS? Is that what you're telling me? I'm yeah, oh yeah for sure. You mean like like a like subsidiary right. to Wu Tang? Silver rings or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I only bought one of those records. I don't think. I don't think they're very good. But anyhow, um, yeah, they 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 wanted me to to do like a solo set on there and do an interview, and I kind of had to explain like, yeah, I don't, I don't think you want me to just stand there and rap for forty five minutes. I don't know that that'll like make for your for a good time on television so i got a small band together it's myself and uh gary lamar and uh a drummer named brendan caroselli and um we kind of all just like traded verses and traded songs and contributed to each other's uh stuff and we were pretend band for a day have you seen and the have you seen the the final version that they're going to put out? No, I think I honestly think they're still editing it. Okay. Um but it'll I mean it's going to air Friday night depending on how how long do they give you or how <laughs> how long like how long is the thing? Yeah. I think it's like an hour. God damn. It, yeah, there's like there's an interview they interviewed the three of us and then um they like shot a bunch of B-roll of us like pretending to hang out <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh they we shot a bunch of music it was crazy 
it was a it was a crazy day, man. I wow. don't I don't uh I'm not an on camera fella. Does it make you feel strange? Oh yeah, just like a billion cameras in your face and then like they'll ask you a question and then you'll answer it sincerely. Uh huh. And then they'll be like, Okay, that was great. Say exactly what you just said, but we're gonna shoot it from this angle. And I'm like, What? Oh, it's, no. not- <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna have the juju the second time. Right. So, just like different versions of that. They're like, well, we so, can play back. Why didn't they just use two said, cameras? You, and, like, why didn't they use right? You know what's you know what's funny is they did. They used <laughs> two cameras. These, so why do you need like now switch places? There was all, there, no matter what we were doing, yeah. like no matter how big or small, like the happening was, there mm. were so many cameras. There was like a. Are you saying they're you wasting you, taxpayer dollars on cameras? I don't know whose dollars they're wasting, but all I know is they haven't paid me yet. <laughs> oh, is this a paid event too? Yeah, they. I mean, they. They on paper we were taken care of, but um. Yeah, this is the government. It's going to take take at least uh, two pay cycles to get that invoice mm-hmm. paid. Did I'm you okay have, Did you generate that. an invoice? I filled out a W nine. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which which was kind of rad. I had definitely had to make sure that they didn't write the check out to my superhero name because can't cash those <laughs> chuck have you ever had to ha- ask for a check to be corrected <laughs> like actually my name is not k chromosome <laughs> i'm trying to think i want to say the answer to that is no but oh, i man. really really want it to be yes so i'm racking my brain <laughs> i've had to i've had to like awkwardly walk up to showrunners and uh, with a check in my hand and like look uh, this is not this my isn't... real name <laughs> and they're always like whoa we thought you had like a weird uh pretend fantasy comic book name <laughs> you know there is a comic book character named moses rockwell and i and i didn't even know it wait are you serious yeah, I don't know how many appearances he's made, but he's. I, I know that he showed up in a Green Lantern comic book a couple of times. We can, we all need to have a copy of that. Yeah, I uh, I mean I've never read Green Lantern. I can't imagine it's mm. good. Mm. Or that I don't know Moses... though. When I when I Google Moses Rockwell, one point seven million results. Whoa! And first page is all you. That's pretty rad. I somehow outdone a DC Comics um thing. First video that shows up, Avocado Pit. <laughs> Tight. Yo, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Oh, shit. Hey, there man. we go. Welcome. Nice. What's up, fellas? What's happening? What's going on, man? How we doing? Good. How about doing yourself? Good. I'm good. Chilling. How's the Steve's? How's the mic level? Yeah, that's a good call. 